Uh, welcome to Young About Pate. I am Carl Hess here with me as always, Joel Miller. Hello. <laughs> so we've we've been practicing what we've been practicing our sign-ins, and I, I think I you think nailed that, that. I think that one's the right one. It's like it's cordial. Mm-hmm. It's cordial. It, You're, it's a yeah. pleasant greeting to the yeah, audience. I feel like everyone is like very comforted. They know who you are. Mm-hmm. You've said my name, mm-hmm. and I just say hello. Joel is Joel is sporting a new goatee today. Uh, it's not a goatee; it's a Van Dyke. Okay, right. which is which is odd because all I've had is a beard for the last I don't know ever. What made you want to switch from beard to swashbuckling Van Dyke? Uh, well, I really wanted to scare my fiance. Okay, because uh, I, uh, you know, mission I, I accomplished. No, she hated it. Yeah, she hated it. She she her exact words were no. And okay, then I, and then I left the house, and I'm not sure if we're still together. Honestly, okay, she she might. She might not be there when I get back. I am clean shaven currently. Um, I, I do not have any interesting facial hair configurations. But, but you are beautiful. I mean, pff, take it from Joel, folks. Yeah. I'm at Carl Hess on Twitter. Joel doesn't have Twitter. I do not have a Twitter. Because he's an actual human being uh-huh. I have. who has things to do. Yeah, no, I got stuff. A lot of it. But yeah, Joel is a chef and I'm I a am a comedian. Uh, yes, we both currently work at the Wallace in Culver City. The Wallace in Culver City. I feel like there's a lot of overlap between the worlds of comedy and food. Especially now or probably like in Los Angeles where you do have a richer concentration of comedians and rich concentration of um, restaurants. I think the philosophy that we have at, at our restaurant, we, we want to have quality and we want to have seasonality, but we also want to keep it interesting and fun. Some stuff we do is is based in nothing but humor, like when it comes to like drink names or like a dish that we might sell where it's like, this is so L.A. I wonder if people are going to eat it. And it's like, oh, no, they totally are. And they come in, they eat that shit up. And you're just like, well, fucking L.A., man. There it is. Yeah. I think I think one thing that is that immediately jumps out with comedians and people in the service industry, the way that we mercilessly shit on each other. Oh yeah. Like I feel like within like in the kitchen and like comedians hanging out with each other, like there's that there's that thing where like to show affection you like tear each other down brutally. Oh yeah, no, it's it it becomes as brutal as humanly possible. Like when I walk into work with this goatee today (laughs) Van Dyke, um (laughs) there will be some some pushback from someone. It's it's easier when you're at the top. Right. People, You're the boss, people, man. No one's going to assault your facial hair head uh, on. No, they, I mean, they might. I mean, it, I, I don't know how wise it would be. Amanda's already kind of, kind of done enough to my self-esteem. But, that, well, but where do you think that comes from? Like, I, I feel like, and it comes from a place of affection. I, I think it's just like a, a coping mechanism to get through the day. Yeah. Um, you know, typically people in the service industry don't necessarily make a lot of money or don't work the best, most favorable hours. You're, you're sweating. It's, it's kind of brash and like there, there is a lot of like bravado and other bullshit that's involved. It's, it's just a way to pass the time and get through the day. I mean, there is, there is a sense of monotony, you know, right. when you come in and you see the same place and you make some of the same dishes, whether they change or not. Um, you got to find a way to break it up. It is like having a family. I mean, like I'm assuming like with the world of comedians, it's right. a very small group. It's a small Obviously, world. Obviously like, you know, stand up, it's a more individual world, but you're still seeing the same people. You're going to the same show. So it, it is that thing of like, you're around that same crew and you all have your private jokes and you all kind of like, like to shit on each other. Cause it's fun. A lot of green room shenanigans. I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I want, I was thinking the tagline of this show should be 
back of house meets back of the room <laughs> because I feel like there's a lot of parallels there. Like obviously out in the restaurant on the floor, you know, it's, in a, it's a restaurant. The, the waiters are respectful, but like in the kitchen, it's all shit talking. During the comedy show, the comedians are tearing each other apart, talking shit on the guy on stage. It's like, why is he headlining? He's not that fucking funny. Getting back to your facial hair. I feel like it's a, <laughs> it's almost like a pirate lifestyle in, in many ways. Nobody knows that this uh, entire podcast is sponsored by Norelco. <laughs> This is why we're we're doing many a plug. Um, right, exactly. If you want to get your facial hair looking like Joel's, Norelco, Norelco, for the best in you, for the best Van Dyke a man can get. I don't think enough people are rocking the Van. I think they're actually mis misclassifying what the Van Dyke is over okay. over what a goatee is. It is it named after a specific historical Van Dyke? <laughs> um, I I I want to say yes because a Van Dyke that's such a such a specific name. Right. It's got to be some. Guy. I didn't um, bring my laptop. I was gonna I, have my yeah, laptop so we could. Wow, look this shit. is so weird. We, there are no laptops here at all. There's nothing guys. going on. It's episode one. Bear with us. Seriously. Um, I mean, we could just talk about facial hair the rest of the time. I, I would actually wouldn't mind that. I mean, food is kind of like I kind of whatever. miss my mustache. You had a very powerful mustache. Well, the, thing, the thing about my mustache was it didn't grow in the center. And I think people thought that I trimmed it like that, but I, it just didn't grow there. So I ended up, it, it was like very, it was like exceedingly <laughs> French. I don't know. I looked like a maitre d' that like choreographed burlesque on the weekends. It was, it, it was, it, it was like very a fate. Yeah. But it was really useful for your weekend job, which was a maitre d' that choreographed burlesque go. on the weekend. Exactly. So that's right. It, and you know, you little, you gotta, you gotta take what you can get at those points. <laughs> Um, also, we should mention that Joel is an executive chef, and as such, he does have complete sleeve tattoos. I, I know you were probably listening like, okay, this guy's a chef, but does he is have... Is this to, guy legit? Is he legit? Oh, shit. Does he have Look a picture of a cow tattoos. that's divided up into how you cut the cow off? To be uh, fair... Folks, the answer is yes. To be fair, that is one of my few culinary tattoos. I only have... Uh, like three total, okay. I think, and you I got the, that. You have the classic. I cow. got that when I was young and idealistic about about the culinary world. Before I realized that, like, you don't literally need to wear what you do on your fucking sleeve. Um, I think you. I think I feel like there's a whole generation of chefs that have like a quartered up pig on that. Like, I feel like yeah. I feel like of course yeah. I would like to say that I was the pioneer. I was the one that okay. looked at the Rockies Mountains <laughs> and was like, fuck it, let's go over that what, shit. What year did you get that And go to California tattoo? and get that fucking gold. What year did you get that tattoo? Uh, I got, well, the, probably, well, if, if only I had my time hop open right now. <laughs> I can see. Um, I probably when I was like 24, so you, you actually eight have, years ago. You actually have the pig and the cow. I do. I have a pig I feel and like a cow. a lot of people only go with one. You were like, no, fuck I've, it. No, I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm a man of many two, appetites. Two arms, two animals, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, I, you know, it's the, the whole tattooing chef thing, I think, um, is actually kind of an interesting thing. It's, 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 it's not because you're a chef, you can get, you, right. you get tattoos. Um, and I also don't view it like, you know, romantically, like it's like showing your, like earning your stripes, like, right. you know, like having like, like a, like a, like an admiral in the fucking thing gets right, more exactly. stars on it. Show. You can tell he's experienced cause he has a, sh a chess piece of yeah. a cleaver. I think, I think it's just because that it's culturally acceptable. Right. Like, and, and it's showing that we're not going to be existing in the corporate world. We're never going to have a quote well, unquote it's real funny because job. I had, I mean, I, I, you know, I do do work for a corporate company as well. Like right. I don't, I don't just work at, as an executive chef for the Wallace. I do work for a corporate company as well. Um, 
consulting and I worked for a corporate company before and right. I had not as many tattoos, but I did have very noticeable right. tattoos. And, and you cover them up with makeup when you go <laughs> yeah, into the I, office. I spent four hours in the chair <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I've had tattoos for a, for a long time. I mean, right. I, I got my first tattoo either right before I turned 18 or right after I turned 18. Right. Um, the guy See, the, really the cool thing about the chef world is there's so many cool tattoos you can get. You can get meat cleavers, you can get animals. With comedians, it's like, are you going to get a fucking microphone? I, I don't are think that's get, a bad idea. Are you going to get like the drama and comedy masks? Because I've seen people with those tattoos. Yeah, but it, it would the be, but the best shit. part is if you get the drama and comedy mask and you spell comedy wrong, like, because that makes it even funnier. And people are like, gonna an be like, I-E? Yeah, it's like, like old English style. Like C-O-M-O-D-O-E-Y <laughs> or some shit like that. You, there's no badass comedy tattoo. You can't get but like two why, mic but, stands but crossed. Why, but why isn't there? There should, there should be two mic Cause, stands Because comedy's not badass. It's, I think it's kind of like a rogue world. Well, I mean, not now, but like tr- traditionally, comedy hasn't really been cool. Haven't you seen Suicide Squad? Joker had all those ha 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 <laughs> tattoos all over him, man. That's like First right of all, up I your alley. absolutely have not seen Suicide Squad. Fucking but second horrible. of all, very good point. <laughs> I, I that's the other thing I wanted I wanted to get into talking about these two worlds. Like, it seems that we're at a point now where comedy is kind of going through the second boom like like stand-up comedy is cool again whatever that means and obviously we're in the world we're in the now the world of chefs as rock stars and chefs as cultural icons and chefs being cool so i feel like both comedy and food are occupying this cultural space where it's like they kind of have this like cultural cachet like there's a coolness associated to it that traditionally I, never I think, existed i think more people now than ever put more stock into in, into chefs and comedians or just people people in entertainment that right. aren't your like classic like movie stars or tv stars or whatever right. they look for other outlets um especially when they're like creative outlets like like comedy is a crea- very much a creative outlet right as it's cooking as, as it's cooking i mean i take it i i take it as you know getting to be creative and i and i appreciate that part and aspect of you know, of, of what I get to do. I mean, there is a sense of artistry with what we do. It's not just about writing a funny joke. It's right. writing a funny joke for the appropriate audience and delivering it, you know, with comedic timing, just like making a plate of food is having like temperatures and all this other stuff. Like these, all the factors have to line up for ultimately the payoff, which was, which is to make someone happy, right. to make someone laugh or to, 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 to bring please, someone to pleasure. Please them. Yeah. To bring someone pleasure. Um, we're we're pleasure merchants. Yeah, That's how no. I like to think of myself. No, we we are the new sex workers. Like people <laughs> people do a pre like we basically pimp our skills. They use us up and then they leave and, and then, then they, they walk into the night. And leave, they throw they throw money at us and that's about us it. Sweaty, defeated, but richer. It's like, oh, we enjoyed your set. Here's two extra dollars. You're like, that's great. <laughs> like, thanks. Like, oh, I really enjoyed that that lamb dish. Uh, we're gonna leave, you know, eighteen percent instead of seventeen percent. That I'll never see. And it's like, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Speaking of speaking of like the performative aspect, like now that you know, comedy has always been a, a performing art. But like, I feel like it's only recently that chefs have quote unquote come out of the kitchen. Now there's this pressure on chefs to be on TV, to to be more than just someone who's good at cooking, to be someone who has cool tattoos, has a viewpoint, or even just the idea of it's, open kitchens and you're exposed and you're you're dealing with people in a way that traditionally chefs didn't have. So in in that respect I actually have a lot of insight onto that because I have done a few T V shows. Right. Um not I mean, the last one I did Guys, was a couple. Joel has been on television. I have been on television in, in a culinary capacity. Joel beat several children I in did. a children's cooking show. In a children's <laughs> cooking show. I 
I just Joel's better the at cooking floor. than a seven-year-old. Yes. Uh, actually, not. No, that that she, did that you lose seven, to a that, child? That seven-year-old beat bested me in a soup contest. Oh damn! Yeah, because, what kind of soup but, did he make? But those thirteen-year-olds never saw it coming. What kind of soup did they make? She she she, she said she made a falafel soup. Okay, that's bullshit. Which, which is no bullshit because that. she made she made just really thin hummus. <laughs> like that's that's all she made. Made very very thin thin hummus. Kid, it was impressive kid, for a seven year old. I know this is watery hummus. Do not try to tell me. Yeah, this is you're soup. trying to fuck with me on that. Um, but in the respect of like of of you know chefs specifically like having to be in this like limelight or feeling the need to or it being in demand for this limelight, right. it really did you know. There have been cooking shows for a long time. You know, right. Julie Child had a right. show and there's all this other shit. Um, it became very, very popularized when, when Bravo had Top Chef. And that right. was that was the the year after I started cooking. So the first season of Top Chef came out the year after I started cooking. Which was? What year was that? Oh, God. I mean, you'd have to look back at their archives. Like, I mean, archives. I, I've been cooking for... for for okay. 12 years, 13 okay. years now. You I mean, have I started to go back to the like, microfiche. Like 20 or something like that. Right. I think it started when I was like 21. And I remember seeing it and it really romanticized cooking competitions, especially that back then because it wasn't just like their talent pool wasn't like Michelin star chef, James Beard chef, this and that. It was like, there was like a line cook or and there was like a, a junior sous chef or there right. was this and that. And, the, the, and like, you didn't know what to expect, which was what made it so interesting. And it was like, none of these guys have cool tattoos. How are I they mean, ever yeah, going it was win? just like, it was like, come on, Harold, where's your cow? <laughs> you asshole. Like, I don't even think you know what you're doing you know um but you know there there was like you know there is mounting pressure like the first time i got asked to do tv was after i became a sous chef for a, for a corporate corporate chef restaurant right and you know they're like oh you know we liked your look because i had time tattoos and they're like, like what is that a bear on your hand okay yeah, you yeah. have what we're, have you, what we're looking for i like i like that bear i like the cut of your jib <laughs> um but you know they, they they go after you they're they're actively looking for you um and 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 it's it's nice and it's interesting and like I was very nervous about it first. This is years ago. I was probably right. twenty five. Right. And I and I didn't agree to do anything. And you know, once I actually did it, um, for me personally, like I I did a few shows and and like a few other things here and there. And I thought I thought about it and I was like, is this really what I want to represent myself as as someone who goes on TV? And kind of just seems like I'm there for either like the pats on the back or money, which is some, sometimes right. the case. Right. And I just, I made a decision that that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be someone. You want to be a chef of substance. I, not just a chef of substance. I mean, you can have it and you can still have integrity. You can have it both ways. You can have it both ways. You can have integrity and go on TV and you can have no integrity and be the chef right. of and one restaurant. And you can be a successful comic who sells out arenas and is great or you can be that and be super hacky. Right. No, you can. You can be Dane Cook. You can be Dane Cook. You can be Dane Cook. It's fine. If you want to be Dane Cook. Guys, if you want, you can be Dane Cook. If you want, you can be Dane Cook. Honestly, I look at it as not that fucking hard. Yeah. Joel you know? and I won't judge you if you if, you're if you want to be Dane Cook, go fucking right on ahead. Fucking the new Dane Cook. Dane Cook 2.0. Fuck it. Um, and, and now it's like I, when I get approached to do TV because I've done it before or because my profile's been raised because of right. the restaurants that I've worked at. Right. They're like, um, this guy beat a seven-year-old. Yeah, so this guy, this guy actually I got an email from, uh, and I don't give a fuck because I don't give a fuck about them or, or whatever, but uh, I got an email from Top Chef. It's like the third time they've asked to right. interview me and I've Top always Chef is dying to I've, get I've, Joel I've on. always declined they're not dying to get me they're just dying to get people they're right. dying to get people that like don't that they, aren't honestly all TV wants are most people that aren't fucking spazzes right. and then they want like one or two spazzes exactly. you know what I mean and like they don't want to like flood it with spazzes they want right. to be like well the industry is we mostly need, normal need, like, but spazzes. these two dumbasses right. have you no the fucking one guy clue what mock. I'm doing 
Yeah, well, yeah, you, but you need that. Yeah, you, you need, need that, that to make interesting TV. Exactly. And when I thought about it, and they, they sent me this email, I'm like, oh, blah, blah, so and so wants you to be on, so and so wants you to be on Top Chef. Think you're great. Think the restaurant's great. We really think you, you have it. You know, they always right. say like the, the, X like, factor. the, the it factor. And you're just like, oh, thanks. I, I appreciate that. So after declining for so long, the last email I sent back was just like, I appreciate the interest, but I have no desire to be a part of Top Chef now or ever. You hear that? Thank you. You hear that fucking Food Network? Back off. Take back that off, world. Back off your boy because Joel is not having it. I, it's, let's, let's, be, let's be fair though. It, that's not Food Network. That's Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. Right. Of course. Bra- a subsidiary of NBC. Right. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I respect that. I, and obviously, you know, I respect you as a chef. I think your food is very good. And well, thank you. I think there's something to be said for, you know, not clamoring for that limelight and seeking acknowledgement and accomplishments through you know, the work, the craft. But I don't want it to seem like I'm doing it be, like because it's just like, oh, I'm spurning that industry or that whole like side of, of right, the world because right. it's like... You're not because, better than because it. Because I'm better than yeah. it. No, I'm, I'm not better than it like at, at all. And in, in, in actuality, let's say I decided to go on Top Chef. There's a very strong possibility I wouldn't win or even come fucking close right. because maybe they do... Maybe a 13-year-old would throw down maybe, some maybe hot falafel the, soup. The, the reality is that they do find very talented people yeah. to be a part of it because yeah. there are people that believe that that's the thing to get to the next thing. I don't believe that. My, my philosophy is that the thing that gets me to the next thing is me, right. not anybody else. It, right. it, I am judged completely on my merits, on what I do, how right. I run something. How tight that, my goatee how, is. How the Van Dyke. <laughs> the Van how Dyke. tight the Van Dyke is. And, 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 and that's it. I mean, that, that's what... That's how it should be. That, well, that's how it should... I mean, it's, it's a decision that I make that I stick to and that I, that I back up by not doing dumb things or not doing the things that I... I, I would say like I would never do like right. there's some people who will be like oh I'll never fucking do that and because they haven't been approached and then all of a sudden someone's like hey I want you on the like fuck yeah like I'm totally gonna do that right that's interesting I mean I think I think the comedic equivalent would be last comic standing and uh, you know I've I've auditioned a couple times obviously never made it but I think I think there's something to be said of like there's there's the upside of like oh last comic standing has broke some funny people they have exposure that they've gotten from last comic standing that you know they wouldn't have had otherwise they're very funny they deserve this recognition and then there's the other side of it where it's like this is kind of like weirdly commodifying comedy like you have two minutes to go up and you know win over some judges who arbitrarily you know it's like it's a very strange distillation of it's not it's not indicative of what the industry is about right it doesn't it doesn't show like it there's like no arc at all there you, you don't like you can't see like development really like it's either you're good or you're not good or these these specific people think you're funny or right, they right, think right. you're good which is like how how culinary tv is as well it's, it's it's you have a very small amount of time and sometimes under very like unrealistic expectations like there are some shows where it's like we want you to cook on top of a mountain with a kangaroo as your only source of heat and you're like well how how also like, the kangaroo is your sous chef yeah, the kangaroo is all you need to keep the kangaroo alive you know it's just like <laughs> also your special ingredient is kangaroo yeah just like well, but where did i get the kangaroo it's like you gotta kill that fucking <laughs> you kangaroo gotta kill the you gotta kill the kangaroo with your bare hands <laughs> and you have 15 minutes to do all of it like setting like there are these things where it's like oh they they they, they want to set you up for failure rather right. than set you up for success TV. because it's either it's good it's good tv i mean if you wanted to set up everyone for success and everybody had a great dish and all the judges were like this is great next one this is great next one this is great right i mean you're not gonna watch that show i'm not gonna watch i want to get to a point in my career where i'm asked to be a judge on that show because i think i feel like I, I could excel in the eating and judging people role 
I mean, yeah, you, you probably could. Yeah. I, I would, I would take a bite and then I would just like close my eyes and just like take a long breath and just be like, <sighs> this is fucking bullshit. No, I, I would be, I would be the nicest. I, every dish I'd be like, this is so good. This is so good. I love, I love, I would be like, the, I'd be I love the Chef Boyardee ravioli. This is great. Fun, this, first of all, I love your cow tattoo. I love this sauce. And this kangaroo tastes delicious. <laughs> this is, is the most moist kangaroo I have ever juicy. had in my fucking life. Um, T. I think TV is the. While I do love it, God, do I love TV? I, I love TV. Um, I got my stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I got my stories and my right. shows. But it 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 does it does kind of give a lot of people this kind of false pretense of what it of what this thing should be. I mean, at a, at its core, comedy and, and cooking like they have humble roots, which is you know, co- food is like making someone right. feel happy or or feel comforted. You know you know, by giving them a warm meal or something that they're familiar with. Right. Comedy or does the same thing. Um, or, yeah, yeah. Comedy is the same thing. You get, uh, you can give someone a hearty laugh. You get, you can change their emotions with something that's, that seemingly pedestrian, yeah. which is talking to people or right. cooking for a people. A bite or a laugh is a unit of pleasure. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, but when you take that and you, and you essentially bastardize it into something that it's not supposed to be, and you expect people to fall in line with that bastardization of what it is, that's when like that's when I start to get upset by like the the land how the landscape changes like I, I see you know people who who really try very hard to be a part of of either one of our communities and they do it based on what they've seen um, now not what you know if they're naturally funny or good at cooking or right. if they want to put in the hard work like right. I being being in the, in the restaurant industry is fucking difficult. Yeah, I'm like being for, for the, everyone, being for, a comedian is difficult. I mean, I mean, in, in all in all forms. I mean, you know, for being a comedian, like you had to start somewhere, and yeah. I'm assuming that somewhere wasn't like the fucking Palladium. Right. Exactly. You know, you start at like fuck it, this like a pizza place that's doing like open mic night or like open right. mic nights anywhere or whatever, and eventually you work yourself up and you become more known, you become more reputable and shit. That you get to this point where like you know people are like oh I want you to to be on this bill I want you to do this I right. want you to do this right um, and a lot of and I feel like a lot of times people just assume that once they get like they get into something that they're just going to be thrust into that like limelight or spotlight or 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 something that's just like not realistic for for where they are um, I see it too much happen. Are you saying comedy is full of people who are completely deluded? I don't know, Joel. <laughs> that's a pretty controversial stance. Yeah, I don't I like know to, if I can back you up on that one, buddy. You know, I've I've always been one of those guys that likes to paint with a very broad brush. You know, I just like to to bomb Ross it all over everything. But uh, you know, that's I, true. I I th- I think that's a really good point. It's it's a very it's a very interesting thing. Like this being the first time we've actually like we had no game plan coming in. That's true. There was zero I, thought. Guys, or game I know plan. this seems highly structured. This is but I know. let me tell you, we are making all of this up as we go. It's I, just two guys talking about shit. Honestly, <laughs> like there, I, there's no there's no structure to it. So like you know what's to say like what is what we have you know to talk about that crosses over. It just that's true. I remember when you came up with the idea for this. I think we were talking at the bar at the Wallace. Well, I said, do you listen to any food podcasts? And you were I, like, not no. really. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I've tried listening to some. They're not that funny. And I was like, we should do one. It would probably be way funnier. I, I'm going to say this is the best comedy food podcast in the world already. It, it I don't know well if there's be. any other ones. Because I was talking about doing one by myself. And you were like, what would it even be? And I was like, I, 
Honestly, it would probably be me getting drunk and yelling about pate. Yelling about it. He's like, that pate is delicious. <laughs> what about I this, this pate? To, this wanted, one is good, too. I wanted this to be just an hour on charcuterie. Joel put his foot down, and he said, "That's not a, that's, that's not, there's not enough there. I said, nope, this is going to be about we need to spaghetti. Also, also talk about facial hair. What was like, I, I wanted to talk about like, you know, comedians growing up, you know, you have like your guy, like you have like, you know, I fucking was obsessed with George Carlin and I was obsessed with Seinfeld. Like, were you like, I am obsessed with this sauce or like, I am obsessed. Like, I know that you were obsessed with pizza. I'm, I mean, I've always been a pizza aficionado. No, I mean, there was growing up for me, I was more obsessed, not obsessed, but I was more interested in, in, uh, in like comedians and stuff too. Right. Like, like I was a big fan of George Carlin. My father like loves George Carlin, right. you know, you they, get the seven dad, things you, you can't say the, on TV right. and shit that like that. You love from your dad. You get love from your dad and watching like Saturday Night Live and SCTV and shit like that, like back from back in the day. And right. then, you know, I watched Seinfeld a lot too, you know, I'm Jewish. So it was, it kind of sp- uh, struck a note in our household. Right. Um, I, I looked up to very like pop culture-y kind of, mm-hmm. kind of shit, you know, like that's just what I did. I, I didn't start cooking until I was 20. Like I start, like when I say I started in this industry, that's when I started fucking cooking. Right. Like I didn't have, there was nothing before that. Like if you want to say like what sauce was I obsessed with when I was growing up? Fucking ketchup, man. Yeah, we like, all were. Ketchup, ketchup and yellow ass mustard. ketchup was huge when we were kids. It was fucking, it was great. It yeah, was, it went on ketchup, everything. Those were the ketchup years. I remember I used to, I, fuck, I shit you not when I was like, like fucking like four or five, I would put ketchup on broccoli. Like that was the on, way I ate I broccoli. I would put ketchup, ketchup on Kraft American cheese single yeah, slices. Yeah, that's disgusting. It's but disgusting. that's disgusting. Like, cause you think that's about disgusting. that now and you're just like, if you were like, it's one of those like things, like if you put it next to your mouth or you smelled it, you had that like un- involuntary like <laughs> gag reaction where it's like, oh shit, oh shit, get that the fuck away from me. Yeah. Um, so but I, but like, I, I remember like, I think the reason that I wanted to get into comedy was like, you know, I was like that class clown, like classic type kid who would like, you know, try to get laughs in class. And I remember like getting a laugh, like in class was yeah. like such a good feeling. Yeah. So like, like I like that kind of laid the foundation for like, Oh, like what if this was a job? But like, what, like, what about like cooking? Like when were you like cooking could be the thing? When I was, I, f- I finally realized that it, that it, w- that cooking was like the thing for me specifically when I, it was about a year after I started my first cul- my culinary job. Um, I was working with, but you had already started it. I had already started, but I didn't. You didn't I, know. I, I, got, I got the job, Jason, who you know, right. my, our, our buddy, Jason Yu. Um, he went to culinary school. He got me a job at this restaurant. Right. And I did it because I was in college. I was, I was going to college and I needed a job because I stopped working at my previous job for whatever reasons. It was my choice, not anyone else's to leave. They didn't fire me, for sure. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so I'm just, I didn't leave I did screaming not, at them and I promising did, vengeance on their families. I did not get fired from Tower Records. <laughs> When I was 19, I didn't. I, and if anyone tells you that, unequivocal. If yeah. you heard that Joel Denver Miller was fired, they're a liar. If they, yeah, they are. They are lying. They're to probably you. from a rival comedy no. food podcast. They're they, they, trying yeah. to poison our reputations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, I, and you know what? Honestly, I just don't appreciate. it. I don't appreciate it. I just don't appreciate it. It's, it's low. No, but I. I so look, I got into cooking, and and I was just like, fuck it. I need a paycheck. I need, I had you know I had I had stuff I had to take care of when I was when I was younger. You know, going to school, having a girlfriend or whatever, and, right. and all this other shit. Um, and I just did it for the money, man. Like I was just like, it wasn't great money. I was, you know, minimum wage back then. It was like eight fifty or something like that. But you or already like had some tattoos, so you're like, Fuck I already it. had some tattoos. I mean, I try to keep them hidden from my uh, Jewish parents. Right. Uh, that didn't really work out well. Um, not now, at least. And uh, it was about like a year in, and I was just like, you know, there was 
the sense of like camaraderie and fun and like you sh- you shot the shit with people and you would call someone and you'd be like you're such a pussy or you're such a this right, or you're, exactly. you're an asshole or you're a bitch or you're something you're like this. Like, 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 I, I love I love shitting like, I on lo- people. I love, love this. Like, I, it's like, you, like at this specific place like there wasn't a whole lot of structure. Right. So like a server would come to you and you just didn't want to do something. You'd be like, fuck you. I'm not going to make it. And they'd be like, okay, like, just like, just go on with your life. And then you're like, I, I like this. I like it. I actually I stuck around that this. job for a couple of years. I was there for like two and a half years. And I just was like, you know what? I, I appreciate the people I work with. Like everyone seems kind of like they have this, this like all for one, one for all mentality. It was very like musketeers. Yeah, swashbuckling. Yeah, it was swashbuckling. Back to the Van Dyke. Back to the Van Dyke, man. <laughs> I do, I do look like like one of the swashbuckling uh, musketeers, right? You do. I would say so. You you look D'Artagnan-esque to oh, say the least. I appreciate that. I, I do I do like that point though because there's this Seinfeld quote that I always loved where he's like talking about the nature of comedy as a job and he's like, it's a pirate job. Like, you don't see any trainee pirates with little trainee hats. You just fucking knock a tooth out and get on the boat. Yeah, I'd like to think that that our the logo for the restaurant, our restaurant, which is an upside-down chair, inexplicably. inexplicably. I don't know how that got there. It's kind of like our, our pirate flag. It's kind of like our skull and crossbones, you know? Right. Um, you know, every place has their own right. identity and own kind of uniqueness. There's this kind of, like, family piratey kind of mentality right. that you have There's to a lot of malnourishment. There's but a yeah, lot of rum are, drinking. Pe- people are hungry. <laughs> people are hungry. There's it's so, filthy below the decks. There's so much scurvy that goes on in, inside the kitchen. Like, Dysentery is y- a problem. Y- yellow fever is not a joke, guys, all right? You think it's been fucking eradicated. It has not. Um, but, I mean, that. But that's the nature of, of how, how it is. You know, I felt, I felt very like welcome there like I, I the way i grew up i grew up in a great home with great family right where the structure was there and like you, you shout know, out it's to like, the millers shout out to the millers and like we're supposed to like you go to college you get a career mm-hmm. and you get all that other stuff and like that's the way you did yeah. stuff and you know my brother my older brother did that he went to a four-year he got his degree after four years and like my parents both went to four years like everyone in my family did that right. um the kitchen world exists outside that I mean, path, that traditional the thing path. is that i think a lot of people don't realize that a lot of paths exist outside that traditional path the traditional path is just the traditional one right so it's very easy to fall in line with that because you're told your entire life for the most part that like you go to school and then you go to college and then you get a job and then you get married and you have this and you have this and then you get retired then you die Mm -hmm. and and while that sounds cool no, um, that does not. Sound, well, that does not sound cool. Well, that all. sounds cool, man. To some like, people, I guess. Like, that sounds cool. Like it's. It sounds cool because some, some people. You get another pair of chinos. You get another pair of chinos. Some people need to be like fucking like told right. how right. to go. Yeah, some they, people they, that appeals. Like if if you're if you're not living your life on a track, it's like you can't you can't do anything else. That's the thing we I appreciate about the the style of like of of being in a kitchen, where where it's like, you know, there are rules. But they're like unwritten rules, you know, right. like, I mean, it's it's and like there are there are ways to carry yourself and there are not ways not to carry yourself. And, you know, if you do this, there's consequences from someone else. Like right. there are there, it's not just like everyone's it's like everyone's just doing what the fuck they want. You answer to someone. Right. It's just a little looser and you can kind of have a, a shittier tongue. It is can, like a pirate crew. I mean, that's the that's the big difference. Like with stand up. It, every- it doesn't help that we make everyone wear eye patches at <laughs> the restaurants. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's an aesthetic choice. And that um, we have a peg leg dishwasher. <laughs> Like stand up so individual, but there, but there's that sense of community because comedy can be so lonely that you end up, you know, coalescing into this, you know, kind of a loose confederation of like-minded misfits. And then you all, you kind of just find your place in there. But like a kitchen, a kitchen's almost like, it's almost like a military brigade. There's like that, that like sense of organization that like you fit in somewhere, you follow orders. So it's like, I feel like it, it deviates from the kind of 
weird, lonely individuality of comedy. In but that the way. thing about the co- the comedy world that, and from my perspective, I mean, you're you're balls fucking deep in this stuff. Like I'm I'm really not. That's like, how I, I refer to myself. <laughs> like, in like, uh, it says it on your business card. It says Carl has balls you, you deep in comedy. Comedian? I prefer balls deep I in comedy. Balls deep in comedy. But like, for example, like it, there are, there's a structure to comedians too. Like there's you right. know, lower, lower tier comedians the and, then, and, then, and then you have your top tier comedians who could sell out something, right. do two hours by themselves. Right. right. That's not the case for, you know, for 90% right. of comedians, which is yes, you can be the best comedian on a bill, but if you don't have good comedians around you, yeah. no one's going to that show for right. you exactly. because you're not Dave fucking Chappelle. Right. So you have to still like, maybe you have your own pirate ship and you go port to port, but goddamn, you really do. You have to value those other people that go port to port with you right. that are able to like kind of feed off you or maintain that same kind of energy, have kind of like, like senses of humor, um, you you do rely on people as well. Like you want to be on good bills. Yeah. Um, just like I, I would like to be, you know, recommended with restaurants that are of the same right. caliber as right. my, as mine. Um, are, you know, are, are we fucking, you know, we're not, you know, the upper echelon people like in Los Angeles, like, like Ori from Bestia right. or Walter from a public and stuff right. like that. Um, you know, I'm not even fucking friends with those guys. Like I, I think I've met them each. But if you had to follow them on stage, you could still crush it. But if if they were the headliner, you know, I feel like I'd be able to like, at least like warm up the, warm up the crowd a little bit. Um, but you, I mean, for, for the comedian world, you know, you are on your own. Mm-hmm. You rely on yourself. Right. And a kitchen, you have a family, a, a, kitchen, a dysfunctional kitchen. family that's oftentimes screams at each other. But that, and oh my God, yes. That, that was the other thing I, I, I kind of wanted to address. Like, I feel like in the comedy world, there's this stereotype of like, oh, you know, the dysfunctional childhood, the sad comedian. And then in the chef world, there's this stereotype of like the alpha asshole who's <laughs> throwing pans and being a huge, like, obviously there's truth to both those stereotypes. Oh man, I have had... There's a lot of. I've truth, had many but, a thing thrown at me throughout my, my my life, and I have thrown many a thing at other people. Do you, do you Not, think but, it's a, it, it attracts certain type of person, or once you're in that like high pressure world, you can't help but to have to uh, like adopt a high pressure approach? I think to succeed, you have to like. It's really easy to tell someone who like that works for you, or that just falls in line with things to not take things personally. Right. That it's really easy to tell you know, a, a line cook or someone just like, you can't take things personally when someone yells at you or when right. a customer it's complains. Stuff. Me now I take things extremely personally. So like when someone doesn't like a dish or they send something back or if they or or, or, or whatever, I'm just like, no, fuck you. Right. Like, like I, I know what I'm doing. Right. Like this is like, this is what I fucking, it's like, do. like, it's like when you see a comic who's eating it on stage and then they like blame the crowd. They're like, well that joke fucking killed last night. So I don't know what's wrong. You yeah. Know, you put, you put it on the crowd. Uh, yeah, you not can't like a failing as you as a comedian. <laughs> it's like, well, I know I'm funny. Right. This, this, so this kind of seems like this is your <laughs> fault. Like you mean, you might as well laugh. You paid for this shit right exactly that is funny though like that idea of just like you know you'll see comics sometimes after a joke doesn't land they'll be like well i guess that one was just for me i you know, <laughs> you know that's, that's just for me i guess but i guess but i guess like, the chef it's equivalent it's also is the ability to like pass something off that doesn't succeed like when you have a joke that you think is hilarious and like you've maybe tried it out before and it just doesn't right, it react just eats it that night like you're just you might like if you can get over that hump right. and kill it the next one or if you want to be fucking weird and just and like yeah. just be like well this audience sucks like this is a bad audience right. like the audience doesn't care if they're a bad audience all they care about is being fucking entertained they just want to laugh it's true and I, I would, I would think like if someone sends back a dish 
I mean, it must kind of feel well, like a per- of fuck them. It must, it must kind of feel like a personal affront because you're I, like, I just made that dish. I know well, this for, is good for a lot of people because, like, for a lot of chefs like myself, it's we don't. I don't, and I when I say we, I don't mean like we as in the entire like culinary community. I say we as Joel, the people you speak at my, for the entire culinary no. I speak. I, I say we as in the people at right. at our one restaurant, the specific place where we talk about food and we try to understand it and we try to like really pick it apart and 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 put things back together where where it is, um, where it where it is just something that everyone could like but they can pick out like the individuality of the idea or whatever it is. That's something that sets it apart from something that they've had before. Right. No, nothing is like willy nilly, you know, like when you write a joke, like you think about it you might draft it, redraft it nine or 10 or whatever times. So when we do this and someone's just like, Oh, this, this part of this one thing I don't agree with. You're just like, well, fuck like, like, yeah, I thought about everything that went into this. Like, fuck you. And you're like, you're wrong. (laughs) I know more about this shit than you. You're wrong. I I think, I think it was, uh, God, it was, like maybe a month ago and someone brought like one of the managers brought back a dish and I was like the customer says that this dish is to this and I just like without missing a beat I was like well that customer is stupid that customer is a fucking idiot <laughs> well that customer is stupid yeah I guess it's I guess it's hard not to take it as a personal friend just like if you if you you know you have a polished joke that you know works with regularity and then you throw that out there and you get nothing you're like well this is on them this is fucking on these people um, no, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, it's true. Like, you know, you put so much time and effort behind the things that you do or the things that you say. And like, if it doesn't resonate with everyone, I almost feel like, like, like if you're looking at well, an people, audience well, and you're like, you're looking at an audience and you're just like, you say this joke and everyone's laughing. And then like, yeah. like John That's in there, you John in the corner is just kind of like sitting there with, with like, his arms like with his arm crossed and like no look on his face. He's not looking at his phone. He's yeah. paying attention to you. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, fuck you, yeah. man. And then you're just and like, all, and, then all you every, can think about. and then every other joke you make is just like, is, is John laughing? And I then, swear to and fucking God, your whole reason for being on stage becomes to get that guy to fucking and crack a smile and then he doesn't the whole set and you're just like god fucking damn it you know with certain art forms you make the work and it's out there but with with live live performance and stand-up especially and with with uh you know being a chef who's working on the line it's like the consistency has to be there like every time you make that dish that you've made hundreds of times you need to make it as close to perfect as you can every time I tell or a comic tells a joke that they've told you hundreds of times. It has to be fresh. It has yeah. to seem like, you know, that you're into it. You have to be behind each word. It's like like just cranking it out every night, doing the same thing, but doing it in a fresh a way that's exciting to you and you the to, crowd. You have to be amped about it. You have yeah. to you have to be excited it's about what you're doing. It's the consistency thing. It is the consistency thing. It's what makes it, it's what it's what makes people think Dane Cook is funnier than he actually is because he's really fucking excited about the things that he's doing. Right. And he makes you feel like that excitement that he has, you should have. He also, I mean, if you like Dane Cook, I'm sorry. Um and whatever, but like he also, it's not like he's like speaking to like your right, upper right, right. echelon. It's, it's a lower common denominator. You know. what, what's the, he's what's go, the uh, like going blue? What's the culinary equivalent of a Dane Cook does a lot of like big high energy act outs? What's the culinary equivalent of a big high energy act out? Just like a truffle aioli? Um, like, oh, there's truffle aioli putting, all over putting, this place. Putting, putting truffle oil on stuff or you. Uh, 
God, what would be the equivalent of that? God damn. It's like... Something that's showy but doesn't have a lot of substance. Something that's showy. It's, I, I guess it would be like, you know, you, you like pour liquid nitrogen on something just for right. the... Just because there's, so there's like a reaction of something, but this it doesn't... This dish is 90% it, foam. But it does nothing for the dish. Like having inedible garniture, garniture on okay, a plate. Right. It's just like, oh, look at that beautiful rose made out of a radish. Are you going to eat a half a radish that looks like a rose? Probably not. You know? <laughs> Dan Cook is the inedible garnish. Yeah, he's the, he's the inedible garnish of comedy. He's just like, it's like, he's like that big sprig. Like, like, you ever go to a steakhouse, right? And you get a steak, and there's just like inexplicably this gigantic thing of like rosemary. Right. And you're like, like, on I the don't plate. Want this. And you're just like, am I, it was like, am I supposed to chew on this? Like, it's a wheat, and I'm out in the fields. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing to me? Just give me the steak, give me some butter or, or something, and just call it a day. God, Dan Cook is awful. Terrible, terrible man, terrible man. But he, but he works, but he works, and he sweats. Yeah, he he does sweat. This is so energetic. Yeah, like I I can't I can't imagine him ever being at like a like a two. No, right. it's like it's like eight plus always. Calm like he, Dan Cook. I, I think there's some pe- comedians I'm assuming who get into comedy because they feel the need to always be on. Right. You know, like it happens in the culinary world too, where like you want this dish to be great and like it has to be right and perfect, but if the dish is a dud, like. You can serve it, like you can serve it, but like it seems kind of fucked up to everyone else. I feel like the equivalent of that is like sometimes there's just like a joke that you think is so good, and you're like, "This is the one," and you try it, and it doesn't work, just, and you keep trying it because only you like it, but it never really works. And eventually, you either have to abandon it or just be like, "This is never gonna get the response I like," but I'm telling it just for me. So I, I try to make the postmodern version of fish and chips. It was a horrible. What was it? It was a horrible idea. Oh my god! It was like potato crusted. Uh, cod deconstructed with, with like fish on yeah, chips. with with like uh, with avo- with like an avocado puree that had malt vinegar in it. Oh, wow, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. And what, like what, what, what were the fish were they just pieces of fit? Like it was like a seared piece of fish, okay. like seared with, crusted with, 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 with potato the, with potato. That actually sounds like a good idea. I think the idea was good. Like it's I, like crusted in. Yeah, the but fries. it sounded good. I mean, maybe I'm sure there's someone who's done it or could or will do it better. But we, I tried it and I was like, ugh. And then we made it again and I tried it. I was like, this is even worse. No, like it's and every single time, it just got worse and worse and worse. And I think I had, I had Ryan, my my, my sous chefs, had him try it and he took a bite and he spit it out and he's like, I'm not gonna eat that. It's gross. And I'm like, it is gross, isn't it? And it's, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we can't serve this to people. I'm like, I know we can't. <laughs> like, That's funny. Yeah, it's just you you want it to work, but it fucking doesn't. What about something where you knock it out of the park immediately, like a bit, you know, like in comedy, be like a bit that just comes to you fully formed and you're, you don't have to write it. You don't have to struggle with it. You don't have to refine it on stage. You're just like, I got it. Well, and but, it works like immediately well, out of the gate. But, and you're but, like, but that, fuck but, yeah. But that's the thing is because everything starts from an idea. And right. I like, I treat all ideas as equal right. where it's like, this is a good, I- this is a good idea. That's how I start off my ideas right. with just with just like like giving myself a big hug, you know, like way to come up with something, you know, like good job, Joel. And what then a, I pat myself on the back. Enriching uh, approach. Like I sit and look in the mirror and I pump myself up. I like I stroke the Van Dyke and I'm just like, good job, man, way to go. And then and then deconstructed fish and chips. Hell yeah, fucking bro. Great idea. Hell yeah. So like so like yeah, you you can hit it out of the park, but. It all like I assume that everything is going to hit another park. Right. It just happens. You're like, starting from a place of hope. With each. It, all, it all starts with hope, and then it it just works itself out organically. Like if it becomes super successful, right. I'm just like, well, th- yeah, that was a good idea. And if it doesn't, I go, oh, well, I guess that wasn't a good idea. Like, right. I, I better. But then you still give it. yourself a hug. I, but I still give myself a hug. It's a lot of self love with Joel. It's a lot, a lot of, of self love and self care. There really is. 
I never, you're just a, you're a loving guy. I just oh God, I really am. I have you've s- thrown something at someone in the kitchen. I bet at some point. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're a loving guy to yourself. Um, you've probably thrown something one, at someone at some the, point, though. So uh, on the term, uh, I'm speaking about Ryan, who I just mentioned. Um, when I first met him, it was in, under different circumstances. Um, we weren't friends then. We didn't really know each other. And one of the, he was a sous chef, and I was CDC. And one of the line cooks made a paella, and one of the muscles that we we're putting in the paella didn't right. open. Uh-oh. And I took the muscle and I ran behind the line and I started throwing them. <laughs> trying to throw them out the cook, but they kept hitting Ryan instead. And Ryan, like, he's a very low key kind of guy. Right. He kind of just like looked at me and just like shrugged his shoulders <laughs> and like made a frowny face. Like, it was just like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, he 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 was a champ about that. I mean, yeah, of, you you throw things sometimes. Yeah, um, you have to. I mean, I've I've uh, one of one of my favorite times that I've favorite times that I got something thrown at me. I was expediting a grill station it was the busiest station in the restaurant i had like three lines of tickets like right. just looking at these tickets i'm organizing my life with these small plates and my chef is standing immediately in front of me because he's expediting the other side into the dining room and so like it's like fucking busy right it was like a like a 180 seat restaurant we had like 500 you're, you're covers that night. we're cranking it out it's the middle of service and i give him a dish that i've plated the same Every time for the last, I don't know, nine months or whatever, right. it looked the same. It, the temperature was right. And he was just in a mood, man. And he took it Wasn't and he enough. threw it all over my tickets. So all my tickets go everywhere. Oh. The, the dish kind of like falls over the side of like where I'm standing. Oh. Like all the stuff, like the lamb and the Lebanese and oh stuff gets all my over my, my apron. Do you think he meant to do it or it went a little harder than he thought? Because that's brutal. I don't think... It, I don't think anyone means for it to ever be as bad as right, it is. Right. When, 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 when you throw something at someone, you never, it's never like, ha, I can't wait to ruin their day. You think you know? he was just normally frustrated from the service and, and the pressure of that? Or do you think there was something else there? I, I mean, oh, man, you know what? I don't, I don't want to make wild fucking okay. stabs. That's what I, podcasts you know what? are all about. Making wild <laughs> accusations that are completely <laughs> unanchored in reality. Well, he was abducted by aliens the day before. <laughs> I think. I think. I think. I mean, I think he was just pissed right. at something. It could have been at something that and happened obviously earlier you can't, in the day. You know, you have I, to say yes, chef. You have to say yes, chef. And like the thing is, you can't control your boss. Right. Because and, and if you can, they're not a very good boss. If right. you can manipulate your boss into thinking or doing what you want, right. they're not a very good fucking boss. A, 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 a guy, a superior should be, you know, quick to make decisions, stand by them, and then accept the blame if things don't go right. You quick know? to throw unopened shellfish yeah. at exposed body at parts. Exposed body parts. And I mean, like I've gotten other things. I got, I've gotten like pots and pans thrown at me. I've I've had I, I mean I've had like very very physical confrontation. I mean I've been I've been spit on by right. by another person. That's the thing a, about a, that's the thing about cooking. It's like the the stakes in comedy or cooking are both like self imposed because it's like in the end of the day it's just food. It's just people laughing. But in the moment the stakes can seem incredibly high. But the difference with cooking is there's open flame and edged weapons everywhere. Yeah, no, it's where just, in comedy all we have it's is like fucking heroin. We just at have times. like beer bottles like, and fucking self loathing. Like sometimes like I would go I would go to work and I would be like. What kind of fresh hell am I going to experience today? Like, what gauntlet of terrors am I going to have to fucking navigate my way through just to get my, you know, $80 a day? You know, right, like, right, it's, right. It, it, it was that, like, there were times where I would, like, before I would walk into a restaurant, I'd have to take a deep breath 
because I was just like, well, I know that this day isn't going to be good. Right. I, I already know. And it, and it, and it doesn't matter who's there or what's going to happen. It's just, just going like, to be one of those days. It's going to be one of those fucking days. Man, that's like, know? that's like the equivalent of like walking into a show and it's like a bar show and they like, don't turn off the TV. And there's like 13 yeah, people and there. Like, hey, uh, you guys didn't know, but comedy is about to start. And everyone just like, kind of like, what the fuck? And you're like, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I feel like this is a pretty good place to leave it for F1. I feel like we covered a lot of ground. I think it's a feel nice like introduction feel like to we like opened this. our hearts. And we really did. I feel like I feel I feel like I know you a little more, mm-hmm. even though I've known you for about seven or eight years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we feel connected. Yeah. Know? Like I feel like the unity is really there between the two of us. Yeah. Um, maybe next time, more of a game plan. Right. No, I, I kind of like a no game plan. Well, you're you're a structured executive chef. I'm I'm a less structured stand up comedian. Like uh, like next podcast can be like phallic foods. Why they are funny? You know, Other than that, you they know look we should like get, dicks. We should get a whiteboard and make like a lot of arrows and shit, like a like a strategy. Can, like, can, we, can we do like that, like Homeland esque, like like uh, there's like, red like, yarn, just, like red yarn going, <laughs> like and people's faces with X's on there, and like just and just and just like a part of the. There's a map on the wall right there. My, my roommates are like, Carl, why is there red yarn <laughs> all over the dining room? I'm working on a fucking oh, uh, podcast. I, I, all I right, have, I have a theory, right? Okay, like. I like whatever. starting out with a facial hair update. Maybe that's going to be the facial hair. You know what though? I think this was an anomaly, which will be rectified immediately. This is going to be the one episode of this podcast where you with have the, a, the where you have a swashbuckling where, Van where Dyke. I have a swash- well, I hope you drank it in, folks, because this is the only Van Dyke-based episode. Thanks for listening. We'll, Thanks for listening. We'll be back with episode two with a fully bearded Joel yep. very soon. Yep.